Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Did you know the rarest of all birds is the, the stressman's bristle front? The stressman's bristle front. There's only 15 of them in the whole world. They're in danger. Did you know that the mallards can fly 60 miles an hour? Falcons can dive 180 miles an hour. There are over 200 species of owls. And owls can read a newspaper a block away. Think about the woodpecker. I mean, y'all probably don't care nothing about what I'm saying, but it's interesting to me. Think about the woodpecker. Did you know the woodpecker, get this, has, they had a tongue that, that curls up behind their left eyeball, and they have this special serum that their brain sits in, and this serum takes the impact of them pecking on the tree for so long. So they get under the bark that when they get, you know, they get under the bark, the tongue that was curled under that eyeball comes out and finds a larva and then, you know, takes that larva. And then there's some people who want you to believe that all this evolved. That's too perfect. It's too perfect to evolve. It's the perfect creation of God. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? It's too perfect. And think about this. If they weren't a perfect creation by God, they would, they, the woodpecker, would die of head trauma and starvation and been extinct a long time ago. Think about beavers. Beavers have these really strange teeth. They're super hard on the front and really soft on the back. And as they chew wood, their teeth keep getting sharper. So as they eat, their teeth get sharper and sharper. And of course, people want you to believe that they evolved. I think about a fascinating bird. Listen to this. A fascinating bird called the golden plover. The golden plover. The babies that were hatched don't leave for two weeks after the parents are already going to Hawaii. And, and, that, that, and that they had never been to Hawaii, and somehow they take off two weeks later and find their way there the first time in the first try. So how does that happen? Is it chance? Is it random? No, it's the genius of our God who created everything perfectly, right? It's the genius of our God. I mean, it's fascinating. I think one of those, we're talking about birds, one of those fascinating birds, I think, in the Bible, uh, even from a biblical standpoint, is the eagle. Is the eagle. Listen to this. A mommy eagle builds her nest on the side of a cliff. She lines the nest with rabbit fur. She will collect thorns and point them in toward the nest. 
The eaglets stay in the nest until the mommy eagle is ready for them to leave. She makes the nest uncomfortable, but by slowly pulling out the rabbit fur, they begin to get their feet stuck on the thorns, and then they finally leave home. Amen. (laughs) One story goes, when mommy eagle is ready for them to leave, she makes the nest uncomfortable and then pushes the eagle out of the nest so they have to learn to fly. And of course, then somebody calls Eaglet Protective Services for Eaglet Abuse. Um, the eaglet falls, get this, hundreds of feet, looks like they're going to crash into the ground, and then suddenly Mommy Eagle comes swooping down and catches him and bears them up on eagle's wings and takes them back to the nest. Doesn't that sound like uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 4? where it says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on what, saints? Eagle's wings and brought you to myself. You know, I think of that verse also in Matthew uh, chapter 23, verse 37. It says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who sent her, how often I wanted to gather you as children as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Another story about eagles, if the mommy eagle, uh, and this is really interesting, I, I never knew this till yesterday actually, if a mommy eagle can't find food for her eaglets, she will pluck herself until she finally begins to bleed, and then she will allow her blood to drop into the mouth of the eaglets. And I thought to myself, doesn't that sound like Christ, whose blood was spilt for us? He died that we might live. Isn't that awesome? Eagles, did you know that eagles can see more than a mile away? So while eagles are flying in the air, a mile away they can look down and they can see rats and rodents and and, and, and whatever food, and, and they probably think they're getting away, and the eagle says, I see you, little rodent. You think you slick. I see you. Because eagles, listen, they have uh, what is called pectins in their eyes. And pectins are like tracking devices. So when they see something, it's almost like, you ever see like the TV shows or whatever where they do like the little honing thing and they zoom in on you, big brother zooming in on you and that kind of thing. Eagles kind of have that, and they call them pectins. And they can zoom in on their target, or they can, um, and they can always know um, how to find their way home back to their particular nest. Did you know that eagles have one mate for their whole life? And did you know that eagles have a wedding ceremony? Yup. Listen, when a female eagle is being courted by a male, she will take something heavy and then she'll drop it. And the male eagle has to go and catch it, you know, and and bring it back. I don't know where he puts it, but catch it and bring it back. And then she does that three times. And then on the third drop, if he catches it, um, he's accepted. And then they soar thousands of feet into the air and then the male comes down toward her back and right before he hits she flips over on her back and they lock together and they start to scream and they're falling thousands of feet and spinning as their wings are locked together 
and maybe the screaming is um, them like doing their wedding vows or something like that. I, I don't know. But, and, and, when, and when they let go, then they're married. And they stay, eagles stay together for the rest of their lives. They stay together for the rest of their lives. Henry Morris is a creation scientist, and he said this. He said the first introduction of animal life was not a fragile blob of protoplasm that happened to come together in response to electrical discharges over a primeval uh, ocean, as evolutionists believe. God just made it all in its kind. Everything that lives in the sea, everything that lives in the sky, God created it the way that it is in its own species. There couldn't be any progress, any mutation, any natural selection because God saw it all and it was good. And there was no death in the universe at all. And there was no death in the world at that time. Nothing died, nothing died End quote. Look at verse 21 in Genesis. We have the word create. I told you that word create is bara, bara. God created the, notice in verse 21, I found this to be interesting. I don't know if you do, but it says that God bara great sea creatures. Interesting. God created great sea creatures, these living things in the water, ex nihilio. The word uh was for sea creature in Hebrew is tannin, T-A-N-N-I-Y-N, tannin. This is the same word used in other places in the Bible for sea monsters. The Bible has a lot, the Old Testament specifically, has a lot to say about sea monsters. Uh, Job chapter 41, verse 1. Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line? Then God goes on in Job 41 to describe this massive beast and the characteristics of it. And some have suggested that the Leviathan might be an alligator or a crocodile, but there's only one problem with that. They are not in the sea. The Old Testament talks a lot about uh, fleeing serpents and twisting serpents. Job chapter 7, verse 12. Are you listening? Job chapter 7, verse 12 talks about the serpent of the sea or the sea serpent. In Jewish folklore, Rahab. Rahab is a mythological sea monster. Um, you got to wonder, at least I got to wonder why God would specifically bring up in verse 21 great sea creatures. When he talked about uh, the trees, the fruit trees, he didn't say, oh, I created the pear tree. Oh, I created the orange tree. Oh, I created the apple tree. So why does God, at least I ask myself, why does God specifically point out the sea monsters? Well, truth is, I don't know. Um, it could be, though, maybe because the ancients thought the sea monsters were evil. And the Spirit of God prompted Moses to record how these creatures uh, came into existence to tell them that all the creative forms of conscious life is to praise the Lord. Remember, let everything that has breath do what, saints? Praise the Lord. Psalm 148, verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures. After God created everything in verse 21, that swarms, he said it was good. Point number two. Quickly, I won't be before you long, the creation of reproductive life. In verse 22 and 23, we just read it. Look at verse 22. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and do what, saints? 
multiply, fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply is a common Old Testament phrase. It means exactly what it says. It means to reproduce. Uh, fast forward to verse 28. In chapter one, when God is creating man, God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and do what? Multiply. This was his command for them to procreate. The Bible has a lot to say about be fruitful and multiply. I won't bore you with all of the uh, places. Uh, Here are just a few. Uh, Genesis chapter nine, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis chapter 17, verse 16 through 20. God talking to Sarah, he said he was going to make her the mother of nations. And in verse 20 of that same chapter, as for Ishmael, God said, I will bless him and I will make him fruitful and multiply him. Genesis 28, 3. Genesis 25, 9 through 11. Genesis 48, 3 through 4. The idea of reproduction. The more that you get into uh, the reproductive system in creation, the more incredible I find it to be. Uh, You guys know I just had a grandson just about a year ago, and I had a grandson about a month ago. Um, And I'm going to have another grandson in four days. Amen. And... um, as I told you, the times have changed. I know I'm having one on Wednesday. Amen. I guess it helps plan the schedule, I guess. You know, you can plan your calendar. Okay, we're going to have a baby today. Tomorrow we'll uh, have a barbecue. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, you know, and having grandchildren, I think, um, you know, it, it just it just is amazing as you you know you, you you the babies they come out and these babies are small and you're holding them and uh, uh some not so small and you're holding them and 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 it's it, it's amazing isn't it you just are never not amazed I, I'm sorry I can't think of it. my mind is tired not amazed at the creation of God and a and a baby and just the fingers and little fingers and the nose and the mouth, and you look at a child, and, and how can anybody hurt a baby? What is wrong with you? How can you hurt a baby? And it's just so beautiful and so innocent and, and so new. You know what I mean? And, and you start looking at the reproductive system and, 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 and all of that and the months that go by and then you get this, the sonogram and you watch it and then you start seeing little fingers and the doctor says there's the head and then the time goes by and the mommies get bigger and then you've got a child. It's an amazing, amazing thing. But think about the reproduction of the most small, tiny, microscopic kind of creation. The United States Natural Museum says that there are over 10 million different species of insects. There are 25,000 kinds of ants. I know that to be true because they were all at my last picnic. (laughs) One colony of ant can have as many as 100 million ants. Think about that. How do those tiny little things have a reproductive system? All creatures, all living creatures are capable of reproducing. There is a gentleman by the name of John von Neumann. And he is Hungarian from Budapest, Hungary. And he has made many contributions to a number of fields, including mathematics, physics, economics, computer science, and and statistics. 
And he was and he pointed out that there are three properties for all living organisms and they are complex machines. He said the three properties are these. They are all self-sustaining. That is, they have the capability to sustain their own life. They are self-repairing. That is, they fix themselves as they go and they are self-reproducing. Man has never, listen to me close, man has never been able to come up with a creation that has all three properties. Man can't come up with a computer that sustains its own life, its own energy, repairs itself, and has the ability to reproduce little baby computers. Now, Mac has come close, but they're not quite there yet. And the reason is, is because the complexity is too vast. The complexity is too complicated. It can't be done. But think about this. Every single cell in our bodies that exists is just that. Self-sustaining, self-preparing, and self-reproducing. Biochemical reproductive systems are placed in every little DNA strip. In every cell of every creature that God created comes the capacity and the capability to be fruitful and to multiply. And this is an assurance of permanence. This is an assurance of propagation. It has nothing to do with evolution. Each kind will multiply. Each kind will reproduce its same kind with some variations, but within its kind. In this day, I'm coming in for landing right here. In this day, day five, the house is built and ready for occupancy. The crown of creation is on day six. The crown of creation, who do you think it is? Is man. The crown of creation is man. And what is really sad is the crown of creation being man refuses to do what they are created to do, what we are created to do, that we are created to worship God. When somebody says to me, Pastor Rodney, I'm waiting while you clap your hands. When somebody says to me, Pastor Rodney, I I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I say, "I, I know what you're supposed to be doing. You do? Yeah. You should be worshiping God. I don't know what your vocation is supposed to be, and I don't know what, what God has for your life. I know this, that if you focus on worshiping God, God will answer your questions concerning your daily duties and your daily responsibilities. I've often said to people, you take care of God's business, and God will take care of yours. Amen. Am I right about that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That if you take care of God's business, God will take care of yours. We are created to worship. Every aspect of creation does what it's supposed to do. Snakes do what they're supposed to do. Snakes are supposed to be snakes. Amen. They're supposed to be slimy and slither, thank you, on rocks. That's what snakes do. And everything in creation does. Trees do what they're supposed to do. When the wind blows, they go back and forth. They blow. And they sway. Thank you. You should come and stand right here. Just give me, just, just put the words right here. Because this third service, I'm tired now. 
And they sway. And Isaiah said that whenever the trees sway, that they are worshiping God because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So the next time you hear a tree goes, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And that is praising God. All creation is doing what it is created to do. Man is the only point in creation where we don't do what God has created us to do, where we have to tell people, hey, let's stand and worship God. Let's lift our hands to God. Let's worship God. Focus on God. Have family worship. Have a time where you sit together and read the Bible and when you pray together and sing a song to God together as a family. So what all y'all got bad voices? Be bad voices together, but sing amen. But we need to be doing what God created us to do because we are the crown of creation. I'm going to do a sermon on that. I'm going to do a sermon on that, the crown of creation. Next week, I'm going to title the sermon, The Origin of Man. I'm telling y'all now. Don't y'all tell nobody. I'm going to title the sermon next week, The Origin of Man. And then I'm going to do an additional sermon called The Crown of Creation for the series set. That's what I'll do. Talk about the Bible says that God is looking for worshipers, those that worship him in spirit and in what? In truth. Man refuses, refuses to see God in creation. Man refuses to hear God in his conscience. Man suppresses, we just read it, suppresses the truth and plunges into deeper darkness and hopelessness. I leave you with this. Donald Barnhouse once wrote, God gives man brains to smelt iron and make a hammer. Hammerhead and nails. God grows tree and gives man the strength to cut it down and brains to fashion a hammer handle from the wood. And when a man has the hammer and the nails, God will put out his hand and let him dry the nails through it and place them on the cross in the supreme demonstration that men are without excuse. They reject the creator to the degree that when he was incarnate, that means in the flesh, they killed him. He created us to worship him. May we be a church. It has always been my, my desire for this church I never wanted a big church. I'm surprised this many people come to hear me. I don't know half the time. I'm shocked. Every time one service empties, one fills up. I still am 18 years. Shocked. 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 I am shocked. I am honestly amazed that people continue to come and the church gets bigger. I don't care about that. But what I do care about is that you worship God, that we learn to worship God, that we will be a church that worships God. And that's why we have an emphasis on worship. And that's why you need to make it a priority to get to church on time to worship. Because I have always told you, worship is like a hammer to the heart. Sometimes you come in, your heart's all, you know. You know, and the kids coming to church, they were acting all over you. Like, oh. And you had to smack a couple before you got in here. I know real life. I don't have them small like that, but I know real life. You had to 
kind of beat them on the way to church and, you know, <laughs> hallelujah, I'm from the old school, y'all, forgive me, forgive me. But I had to beat them on the way in the church, and I'm getting in church, and how you doing? Praise the Lord, we found, <laughs> hey, it is true. But we come in this place, we need to be, I want, I love the fact that we get in here to worship God. Because when your heart is like, uh, then the word of God is like a hammer to your heart. And it, you, you start singing those songs. Y'all know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you just get like softer. And you calm down. And you start realizing, you know, I, I didn't need to slap him in the head. I could have slapped him in the I could have slapped him in the hand. My hand just I didn't have to you know what I mean? Everybody on the back row didn't have to get slapped. Just the one. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.